1: Hi hey everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of No, Really, I'm Fine. We're bringing you a special series called Mental Health Against the Coronavirus. We thought it would be really helpful to give our listeners out there some support and advice, and share other people's stories during their lockdown and self isolation. It's really important to look after your mental health during this time, and 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 in any time really. And we hope by bringing you these stories and and sharing each other's experiences, it will um, make you feel less lonely in this difficult time. So today, I am joined by Jamie Yates. Now, for our loyal listeners, you may recognise Jamie. He appeared as a guest on our series one. Now, I think it was yet series one Uh to share his story. So. Welcome back, Jamie. Are you really fine today?
0: <laughs> do you know what? Yeah, I am. Um, yeah, thanks for thanks for having me back. Um, yeah, do you know? I, it's it's strange. I'm 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 doing well uh, so far. I'm bearing up just fine. Uh, in some, in a lot of ways, I I keep saying this, but I felt like the last two years I've almost been training for something like this. <laughs> you know, I've been I, I've I have literally since I've been back sort of on my own and stuff and after everything that happened um I've uh yeah I, I really set out to learn how to be able to cope with life and manage my mental health and get the best out of myself and 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 look after myself by myself if that makes sense so yeah. um so yeah I mean I, I like I say yeah I'm, I'm very well prepared now so I feel that <laughs> I put kind of a bit of a, a jokey kind of status up on Facebook or Twitter, I can't remember, at the beginning of all this, just saying now is the time for, like, the nerds and the loners to shine, really. We've all been preparing for this all our lives, really, I think <laughs> in some ways where I can keep myself busy at home, you know, and it's actually only at the moment when I go outside that and remember this odd situation we're all in, that's when it, it actually gets me down. Going outside, going going to the trying to go to the shops, queuing up at Aldi or whatever. But when I'm at home, I've got so much stuff to do. I'm I'm just dead busy and um and my situation has developed again in the last few days because my daughter's now down with me. I didn't think I'd see her through the whole of this. So um we did manage to arrange a, a halfway point uh, between here and where she lives up in Scotland. So I've got my six year old and my new cat and we're uh We are doing fine. Is fine is the the right word for it? Yeah, we're doing good.
1: (laughs) Good, and I'll come. I'll come back to to um, in a in a bit. But it was. It's me. Should mention the fact that you feel a bit more affected when you go outside because I'm I'm quite the same really. Like me and my partner went to Aldi this morning to do a big shop, and I just I just hate it. I hate. I mean, I hate crowded places anyway, but I hate the fact that you know you have to go in on your own and and it's quite a challenge isn't it especially to try and stay away from people as well in in the supermarkets
0: yeah yeah I think I in some ways it's kind of made me really realize that I do do that anyway um (laughs) but now like I've got a real reason to be really annoyed with someone if they come too close to me whereas in general life I do try and kind of like wind in and out of the crowd either if I'm foot out and about or if I'm driving I do this I, tr- I, I try and stay away from it <laughs> not not everybody all the time because I love meeting up with the people I really love and spending time with people and in with with the people I really care about or um and and I, I you know really uh really trust and stuff I'm the most sociable person in the world but out in the general public I do try and weave my own little you know, I, I'm not not literally crossing the road from people, although now I do do that yeah. <laughs> with this. But it's it's like you kind of. I I I always describe myself as for someone who's who's had a lot of times in my life of feeling very very down, and um, you know, and my my sister in law used to say, you know, oh, you're so grumpy, and I'm well, I'm not. Like I actually think I'm a really optimistic person. And I see the best in people, but on the flip side of that. When you see the worst of people, it really either makes me furious or really depressed. And so in the moments like the other day where I went to Aldi and I'd sort of, I managed to put off queuing for a supermarket until um, until I knew Enid was coming. So I think it was Friday I did a, an Aldi uh, shop and I didn't have to queue for that long, but somebody was having a go at the poor guy on the door because... He, you know he'd said no it's only one person at a time so he had to go in and then wait for his partner and then he just stood in the doorway he went in but just stood there so whoever was coming next would have to be right near him and if other you know just when people people being inconsiderate and I, throughout this past couple of weeks for me it, it's it brings out such good in the best people mm. but it brings out such bad and the worst people. I've got this a bit of an obsession when I go for my occasional little walk. And I do you know what I haven't been going out that much, like I say, because I just I don't I don't want to expose myself more to other people's you know bad behavior and, and selfishness because <laughs> that just it gets me down. Yeah. But you go for a walk and every five yards there's a, a latex glove on the floor. So that is what coronavirus is all about, is it right, okay, we're all we'll all self-isolate and we'll all be very careful. And we'll all, you know, you know, use lots of hand sanitizer and wear latex gloves, but then we'll just chuck them in the road. Great. Mm-hmm. Well done, humans. I think, you know, it's moments like that. I find myself the other day walking down Walton Vale thinking we deserve to die out as a species. We're terrible. Look at this. Someone lobbed a, a rubber glove out of the car window. And I was just like, no, that's it. Just press the button. Finish us off. We don't deserve it. <laughs> yeah. So that's where I can go.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, yeah.
1: So you think oh, yeah. I might as well just stay in then?
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't understand.
1: <laughs> for, for the listeners who perhaps has, haven't heard your story, um, yeah. could you give us a brief bit of background? Okay. I'll, I know, I'll I try. Know, it's I it's quite know. hard because yes. <laughs> you've been through a yeah,
0: lot. I, 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 I really enjoyed listening, actually. I thought I wouldn't be able to listen to myself when I did the podcast the first time. But I did listen back and I was kind of proud of myself i can talk for england but um you know i did i thought i'd find it really cringeworthy and awkward but i listened to it and i thought no no it it sounded okay i think the only thing i felt was i don't want this to sound like you know i'm turning it into a father's for justice (laughs) situation but i it yeah basically so two years ago just over two years ago very suddenly my marriage came to an end um up in scotland very remote part the highlands of scotland and um my wife and my my little girl who was then only were just coming up for four. And I was told I had to move out and, and I just went into shock really. I, I spent a week in a psychiatric unit. I mean I, I I wasn't um I wasn't sectioned, but I didn't even really particularly sort of self-admit. I was just in so much shock that uh I just kind of found myself in there <laughs> um and came out and we were, we were up in um Oban on the west coast of Scotland. And I I didn't have, you know, didn't have any anywhere to live initially, I ended up with um, a friend kind of put me up, but I, I had to register homeless effectively because I didn't have my own address properly and I was just, my contract and my job came to an end and I thought the only way for me to survive is to get away from here and start my life again. So I came back to Liverpool, which is where I was born, although I don't sound like I'm from here, but it's always felt like home even though I grew up in the, the southeast of England but um, I've been trying to find a way back here for for years and years and years and finally did um, through these kind of difficult circumstances and I haven't, I haven't been able to work full-time i I've had a lot of kind of uh, physical and um, sort of autoimmune issues as a knock-on from the stress and the anxiety and everything just trying to rebuild your life at sort of thirty nine and moving away from my child that was that was the real killer for me that that I got to a point where you know in uh, in the immediate aftermath of that where I felt the only way out was to to end my life and I, I didn't make an attempt I had a very clear plan of what I was going to do and I kind of stood there and looked stared into the abyss of of what that would be but i i I managed to keep going and it was my daughter that kept me going and really um and and the thought of doing anything that would uh, you know damage damage her. So we've 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 made a good go of it, and she loves coming down to Liverpool. It's broadened her horizons. She's six, going on sixteen now, and um, we're doing good. So yeah, there we
1: go. I've been very lucky to meet Enid, and she's she's a lovely little girl. she should be she'll be very <laughs> proud. Going back to the start of as the coronavirus began, sort of thing. Let's mm-hmm. take it back before we went into lockdown now i know football is a big passion of yours and you are a <laughs> everton supporter as most of my that's fam- right most of my family are but <laughs> sadly i'm a red but uh we we'll,
0: won't we'll go into that hey, well today today of all days uh, yeah
1: the coming anniversary together
0: obviously isn't it so yeah weird. yeah now if ever it's a time where anyone who has this belief that football's more important than life or death needs to have a real think, yeah. I think, don't they? And I don't I'm from a half and half family. I've just had news this morning that my uncle married to my mum's sister, so he's not a blood relative, but we're very, very close. And his elderly mother has just passed away up in mm. entry hospital and and the the virus is seemingly what's kind of been the final kind of thing for her. She 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 was in her nineties and 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 it's various other health issues and everything. But you know, it's very close to home now as soon as you know you know of someone that you know so. mm,
1: Sorry to hear that It seems like that's um, a situation For a lot of elderly isn't it Who are already mm-hmm. in hospital mm-hmm. um, So it's very frightening But what, what were your thoughts about When the season finished and things like that
0: Well it's one of those isn't it That I think is very easy for people to Particularly in Liverpool With with the way you know how Liverpool Were getting on um, the season and, and stuff I think it's very easy For people to jump on the thing of oh well you know Evertonians would want the season over because it'll ruin it for Liverpool and and Evertonians could be saying well Liverpool want it to carry on at any cost because they're going to win well I don't know I think there's got to be a bit of a you know to me to be honest with you yeah I'm a season ticket holder at Everton I love going to the match um, it's not the game that I fell in love with as a little boy in the, the early 80s you know the game's had its heart ripped out a long time ago and To be honest, I haven't missed it. I thought I'd miss the routine of going to the match a lot more than I have. I don't really watch it on telly anyway. So, you know, my sort of response to to all of this would probably be a bit different to to some other football fans. And While I am, uh, yeah, I always describe myself as a massive football nerd. It's more about what's happened in the past, you know, and maybe that's another thing to do with being an Amazonian. But um, I don't know. I think it's not important right now. I, obviously, I mean, oh, gosh, if it was Everton who we were twenty odd points clear at the top of the league and things, we'd all be going, "Oh, you know, this is just our luck." Um, but you know, I I think it'd be quite interesting to talk to some, say, some older Evertonians who were around when Everton won the league and then then two world wars broke out, you know, yeah. um, in the past, and uh, and pro their progress was halted. Well, I don't know. Uh, yeah, anyone anyone who thinks that. Uh, that life is more important than, that the football is more important than life and death right now. Well, yeah, need to. this surely is a reality check. They'll have to figure something out, won't they? And it seems like it will get to a point where, how, you know, can they possibly be running two seasons alongside each other or what mm. What do they do? I, you know, it's so hard to know, isn't it? Mm. Um, I mean, we, we're, we're all just waking up, putting the news on and wondering what's going to happen today, aren't we? To, to a degree so football seasons and no doubt rugby seasons and horse racing or whatever they'll all be wondering won't they but uh, we'll just have to see
1: What's the um, atmosphere been like where you live then because you live right next to Goodison yeah. and I imagine it's a stark yeah. contrast to the hustle and bustle yeah. of, a, of a game day
0: I'm just around the corner now it's in, since I spoke to you I, I moved um, literally it was around about that very week I think uh, but I'm 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 just um, just on Rice Lane now, just not right next to the ground where I was on Winslow Street. But it's it's, it's just eerily quiet, isn't it? Everywhere, isn't it? It's just mm. sort of uh, like I say. I I really thought I would miss the just the routine of going to the match, but to be honest, I haven't. I'm I'm just I've just been cracking on at home, and I haven't. Although I live in a big building, I haven't really seen much of a, other people um, now. Here we've we've been out kicking the ball around out the back, um, a couple of times. We've seen a couple of neighbours and stuff. But it is everyone just seems to be kind of quietly trying to get on with stuff, don't they? Or or maybe that maybe it's just that everyone else in the whole world is in a queue outside a supermarket. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Does it does everyone really need this much groceries twenty four seven?
1: I know. I I got a big trolley full this morning. Because like, we we haven't done a big shop for ages and yeah. we really needed a yeah. big shop for like the month. Yeah. And I just felt like yeah. everyone was staring at me because I had so much stuff.
0: <laughs> it was just yeah, like, no, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm not
1: panic buying.
0: <laughs> yeah, once once you actually are in the shop, you do start thinking, oh, I better I'd get this and I better I'd get that, don't you? Yeah. So, I don't know, it is very strange. I mean, I, I like cooking and, 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 and stuff. So I, I kind of managed to be fairly organised and, and get, a load of stuff that I could make and put in the freezer and things, and um, so that's been another. You know, I'm I'm a sort of you know a bit, a little bit of an artist and do a bit of writing and things. So, I, like I say, I've always got stuff that that can keep me busy at home. Um, so I've been tinkering away with a few bits and bobs like that, and I've you know uh, been making soup, <laughs> all kinds of stuff. But um, you know, I think I, I I love all the stuff that's going on online and like this is how we're dealing with it and. Been talking on Facetime. That's how I got through. We got through the last two weeks really. I was probably on Facetime for four or five hours a day over like two or three spells with Enid, while she was up at her mum's. And we realised basically it made more sense to get her down here because her mum's working from home, pretty much just shut away, working nine to five. And Enid was just sort of missing her friends at school and and stuff. So we yeah, I've got a bit more time I can commit to.
1: Hmm. To her, so. I don't know if you found it. Have you found you've been FaceTiming friends a lot more and then, I mean, with me, I've been FaceTiming friends and then thought, why don't we do this more anyway?
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Because I've spoken I've to people that I never had spoken to on like on a video chat or and, and more so on the phone. So I'm not a great phoner, you know, They're like something. And this is maybe another thing for the sort of the introverts and the the avoiders. Yeah. Um, like like i've always been you know the the advent of emails and then text messages and everything was a blessing and a curse for someone like me because it it's a great way to keep in touch and I, people who know me will always be like you know oh, I'm receiving a message from jamie it's it's never just one line you know <laughs> it's sort of a little essay but um that's great but also it was just another way to avoid actually talking um and so, so i've never been much of a phoner but um but people have been phoning me and that that that's been great and i have i've I've made a couple of phone calls myself um yeah I, yeah no i, I agree I, I just think the whole thing we can surely learn from this is i mean and i and i've learned from from the last two years myself in my situation like i say where I, i've ended up on it was initially um what was that um what was the thing before universal credit um Oh. Um... Anyway, I'm on Universal Credit now, and you know, I thought if you'd have said to me sort of two years ago, well, you, you know, you're 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 registered homeless, you haven't got a job, you 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 feel basically completely unemployable, just in a complete mess. Uh, how are you going to survive? I don't know. I just always had this thing of just one foot in front of the other, survive day to day. Well, that's what this is like, and and I feel terrible for people who are losing their jobs or they're they're self-employed situation is you know has suddenly just disappeared in front of them. And I'm very lucky in that I'm already on universal credit. So weirdly I'm probably yeah, I'm probably one of the lucky ones. Um but the thing is like I like I said before, I, I now know through being sort of touched by uh someone who, like I say, wasn't a blood relative, but I did I did value as sort of almost an extra grandparent really who who's who's just passed away. Um, I mean, the last twenty-four hours. You know, it—it's—it's it's a horrible, terrifying thing that we're all going through here. But those of us who are lucky enough to survive, we'll be okay. Uh, I, and and whether that's in spite of or because of help from whatever you know, whoever's in charge or whatever, you can always find a way. You know, it, it doesn't have to be completely the end of the world. And and if in the meantime, while things are a bit out of our hands, if we can just let life slow down a bit and spend time with our kids I, when i have my daughter with me which will be maybe you know last year in the summer holidays i think enid was down for maybe four weeks um in a row and so when i have her she's not at school and i i can't you know pay a childminder or whatever and we are together 24 to seven. i give her all her meals unless you know my mom's over to visit or whatever uh, i give her pretty much full attention unless you know she wants to go and watch a movie on her own or she's happy, she you know she is happy playing on her own quite a bit but we do everything together and that's intense and it's hard for both of us because sometimes a six year old doesn't want to hang out with a four year old and and, <laughs> and vice versa, you know and sometimes I don't want to play my little pony maybe or what you know she doesn't want to watch the football. Um and that can can be kind of difficult but if parents can allow themselves to spend some time on the kids' level, you can have the greatest times. And I am quite good at that. And that's, a, you know, I'm, I always think I'm, I'm just really lucky. But I'm, I'm quite good at that. And I don't see it as lowering myself to their level at all. They're on an amazing level. And we should all be like kids. We're kids and animals, they just live on instinct and they, they do the things they need to do and they're, they're full of imagination and creativity and fun. And
1: I haven't got a care in the world,
0: have they? Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and all we do eventually is, Put all those weights on their shoulders and drag them down. So I, I would never call it lowering ourselves to to the Physically, you might have to get down in your hands and knees and play on the floor, but there's nothing better than that. And and I know through a lot of practice over the last couple of years, the times where I get frustrated and things, and I'm sitting, I think, and Enid and I fall out, and she stomps up, sitting there, and I I analyse it and I think, you know, if you could just get over yourself and just, just shut up and 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 being the princess there for a moment and played you know, or whatever it was that was meant to be doing uh, instead of trying to organize it or trying to um, say, oh, no, let's not make a mess or whatever, or trying to be a grown-up. Um, you know, we would just have a great time and then you clear up afterwards and it's fine. Um, and I think there is an awful lot of mindfulness that can be taken from this situation, which is healthy for everybody, whether you're somebody who realizes or admits that you have – fluctuating mental health, which I believe we all have. Um and it and it can just come down to a ca- case of whether you whether you admit it or not. We can already we can all take lots of positives from this, I think. Um, and that's all you can do, isn't it?
1: From your past experience and, and your background. Obviously anyone would really struggle being away from the child, but you know, given the amount of illness that you were going through, you you really struggled to be away from me, didn't you? And what was that like then as lockdown began, because initially she wasn't with you, was she? She was with her, with her mum.
0: No, it was just a quirk of the timing, really. So the very week that Boris did his first big serious announcement, um, that that Friday was Enid's birthday. So the plan was, I had a hotel, uh, like a and B, booked up in Open, and I was driving up on the Friday. I was going to pick her up from school. Um, she was going to stay with with me on the Friday night and then me and her mum and her mom's partner, were going to have a sort of day together on the Saturday. And I was taking her to horse riding lessons and stuff. Obviously everything got canceled, everything completely. And we right up until the last minute, I was saying, well, you know, I can come up and we can do that and I'll come back. And if I, I catch coronavirus, well, I'll just be on my own back down here and, and I'll be all right. Don't worry about it. Blah, blah. Um, and, but things kind of escalated a bit because a, a colleague of, of, of my ex-wives um up there the, the weird thing i'm thinking you know down here in liverpool will be far more vulnerable but as it was they're one of their neighbors and someone who works with you know, in mum, um had been in london the week before and him and his partner caught it um so on this remote little island with 300 people on it that's where the foot actually the, they, they were both okay but the woman's um mother who in her eighties caught it and she she died. And so the first death that I knew about was my my wife and daughter's neighbour, right? Mm-hmm. Um they didn't actually have any contact, so their touchwood in you know, it didn't and her mama are, are fine. But um it's you know it's that sort of put a bit of gravity on the situation. I didn't go up for Roberta, obviously and then it, it became a thing of when you're just trying to look at it and be sensible obviously the the rules still sort of state well children can pass between two parents homes as long as nobody has has been exposed or is is ill and taking everything safely into account in its mom is providing support is working and also providing support to her, um, her mom and her grandmother who's who are both high risk various other issues and we we just talked it through and decided the best thing eventually was to was to make the drive and that we could do it responsibly and um, unless there was any issue, you know, unless our cars broke down basically. But that's even that is a factor, isn't it? We, initially, we were thinking, well, traveling each of us traveling best part of two hundred miles to meet up and then two hundred miles each back home. Um, you know, if we're going and we we break down or something, well, that's we're needing to get you know, the AA out or do this or do that. And all of these things have a knock-on effect to the emergency services ultimately, don't they? So, um, but in the end, we, you know, we, we realized it was for the best for Enid. So she's she with me initially for the next three weeks. But we got through those first couple of weeks. Like I say, I, I was just on on FaceTime call <laughs> um, 24-7. So it would be literally from half nine in the morning, we'd be doing yoga. via via facetime (laughs) doing kids yoga and then at lunchtime you know we'd be eating our lunch together and then in the afternoon we might read some stories or she tried to get me to watch the greatest Showman via facetime uh that was hard going but it's a great film but it's hard to watch a film film on facetime uh it didn't kind of it didn't quite work Mm. but uh, (laughs) we've now watched it in person together which was great and that was the first time i've seen it and i yeah i like a musical um but, uh, yeah, various things. She can, she would just come up with these mad little games, you know, and um, she's obsessed with her horse riding. So um, I put a little video up a little while ago. I'll have to send it to you. <laughs> she's got these little toy horses that she can ride about on. And because she, she's doing horse riding lessons, she was like, well, I'll just do my lessons, but on my little toy horses. So she propped the phone up in the corner of the room. Right, right now I'm going to do a trot And trot around And I'm like watching her Just go past the phone And then disappear And then go past And stuff for like You know 45 minutes uh, It's kind of like
1: I'm sure she brought in um, Yeah she yeah, One of her toy yeah, yeah, to studio Yeah
0: if She basically In you know, basically wakes up In the morning goes horses ponies uh, uh, and then thinks about the rest of the world for a moment and then yeah that's how it's our life
1: <laughs> Bless her. what are the rules then um for separated parents and children i'm not i'm not too familiar
0: with it basically the well-being of the child is one of the most important things so as lo- long as they're in the the best situation um and and they should have access to both parents Obviously, if if one parent, or say, say Connie's partner, had been shown symptoms of coronavirus, or had been exposed to someone who had had it, we'd have had to maybe think about that, consider that. As it was, um, taking everything into account, although as I say, this guy who worked works with Connie had it, um, but they hadn't actually had any contact together, and they work, they don't work directly together. Um, that you know initially that was the thing where we were like, "Oh God, you know well so if simon's got it, you know you might I mean as long as it's done as responsibly as possible as things stand, it's still all right i mean we we, we find out the author the, there's a there's a helpline I think um an advice line on the government website, and can' you find out and they said but the thing is, particularly where she's coming from because they live in a what is very uh notorious spot and there have been sort of police um not barricades as such, but sort of checkpoints where they have been pulling people over, driving up there with caravans, you know, to try and escape um, and, uh, and turn, sending people back. So they, she was advised on the phone that you might get stopped by the police and it can be at their discretion. So, you know, they they might turn you back and send you back to Oban. As it was, that didn't happen, but we we kind of we were quite well prepared in that we took sort of ID and things. And we both, my friend sort of came up with this idea. Before we left, we each made a video saying what we were doing. And um, like, so I'm leaving my address and uh, heading up to the car park at Cairn Lodge services for anyone who drives to Glasgow and ever stops off there. Very nice services. <laughs> um, it's r- run by the people at t if you know that one, which are, are beautiful services in the Lake District. Um, <laughs> I know my services very well. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. But that's where we, we met up. And, um, <laughs> yeah, as it was, we weren't stopped. Lovely, quiet drive all the way up there. There's hardly any traffic. Um, still people driving like idiots, even though – hardly anyone on the road weird but um yeah um so so yeah Serena's here sort of for initially the next three weeks and we'll just see how things go. you know the rules might have changed might change this week might they then it might be by the time these three weeks come up we might not be able to travel more than 10 miles or something who knows or we'll just have to see but she's she's down here with me and we're we're all right for the time being
1: Is she missing her mum or is, does she understand the situation? She's
0: been great she did, she did this brilliant drawing that her mum was explaining I think she watched the the first Boris uh, sort of um, announcement thing and she did this drawing and her mum had explained I think the school be, before her school shut down they've been quite good so she you know it's kind of when Boris says you can do this or if Boris says you can't do that you can't do it Boris has become this little cartoon character to her I think um she did a great drawing of him uh so she yeah she gets it she we hadn't seen each other since so by the time i got her on sunday we hadn't seen each other since sort of towards the end of february so just over a month and obviously missed her birthday and i'd got this kitten so she was desperate to come here (laughs) um no she's been great you know she's she's a bright mature little girl and um I would think as I mean I'm not a great hander out of advice about these things, but I would think I would say if if parenting isn't exhausting and hard work, then you're probably not doing it right. But um, the main thing is you just talk to them and 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 show them that respect and 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 explain things, and they'll they will understand it how they understand it, which might be in a slightly abstract way. But um she's great, you know, and and she's talking to her mum on FaceTime now and things and she knows she's here for a for a good long stay um, and that things are all a bit strange right now because obviously she, she's not at school and stuff but she's doing really she's doing really good she's just taking it in her stride which again is another strength the children have I think.
1: And how are you coping with um, homeschooling? have you had to do any of that yet <laughs>
0: um well i've got the stuff on the kitchen table uh i haven't quite got it out yet and properly looked through it we the thing with the thing with Inid is she loves things like um we've started a little project it's about horses obviously um making a little scrapbook and she she's been doing a lot of writing um facts down because i got a load of uh, a couple of horse encyclopedias for her birthday and stuff so we've been reading them she loves reading and re- so i mean we will We will get to the, the official stuff that school is, has sent her, but um, initially, certainly, she's only been here a couple of days, but um, I don't know. I'm not going to impose a huge amount of uh, kind of rigour in, in that regard. I don't think, I think we'll get through the stuff, but um, I don't know. I do, I, um, yeah, my sort of, uh, me personally, there's a whole other conversation, kind of my views on the the official education system. She's only six. She's only in the first year of school. Um, so she's learning and and taking stuff in all the time anyway. Um, and we will, like I say, we will get through. We will look at that stuff and get through it. But we're not kind of uh, not as yet anyway. We'll get into a. Uh, a bit more of a routine over the next week or so, um, but we're not we're not quite quite there yet. And like I said I'm not gonna not gonna impose like a, a full full on school day to her, but we'll we'll just make it fun and and uh, you know I'm lucky she's at the age she is I guess, and she didn't have. I mean I, I can't imagine how kids are feeling who are maybe you know getting ready for GCSEs and things like that, and now suddenly it's all lapsed. I know I'd have been completely useless. I would have just disappeared into my room and looked at football stats and. And ignored it all and tried to get away with it. Definitely, <laughs> um, that that must be uh, a much more complicated thing for kids, uh, for parents with older kids.
1: So, what advice would you give then, Jamie, to perhaps a parent who's separated from the partner and is away from their child and is perhaps really struggling with the mental health at the moment and and being away from the child? What what advice would you give?
0: Ways I've managed it um, over the last over the last couple of years, you know. Um, and there have been times during the last couple of years where maybe I couldn't afford to drive all the way up or get the train up to collect Enid and things. And we have gone at times for, so she's th- over 300 miles away from me when she's at her mum's. Um, so it's not always straightforward um, and things. So, you know, like I say, I'd, I've had mini versions of this <laughs> where I've been separated from her for longer than, than I, I would have wanted to. Um, and and you know, one day is too much, really. I've I've made a real conscious effort to retrain my brain about all of this. And at the start of the lockdown, I was just pretty much saying out loud to myself at times, you know, you're not gonna see her, you're not gonna see her for a long time. So how can you deal with that? And um so yeah, so FaceTime's great. Um we do little uh, we were doing little um recording little voice memos and stuff as well sending each other little messages like that so sometimes we'd be on facetime and you know that thing where you're, you're kind of staring at each other and not really saying anything again when it when, when the, it's different there's something different about the video chat thing that to to talking on the phone i think where sometimes you do just kind of run out a bit of fizzles out and you know to be like daddy you're not talking to me and it, like I, I'm trying to make my tea, or I'm trying to do this, or or, or the other way around. She just leaves me, and I'm just staring at a light bulb on the ceiling. (laughs) And so I have to. (laughs) I say to her, "Look, we'll we'll hang up now." She calls it hanging off. Okay, we'll hang off. And um, said, but was I said, if you think of something to tell me, record a little message, or make a little silly little video. So she was sending me little videos of herself playing, and then I'd do a little response to it, and we'd have things like that going. And I'd also like over the last couple of years we've we've written to each other we've gone old school you know and done stuff like that I mean that's that's how how I've done it I'm sort of an artistic person which again I sort of see that as a huge strength you know and in these situations if you're a creative person the whole your whole reason for being is sort of problem solving really you're finding different ways to deal with things and, and, and make things and stuff so um it's just, you know it's limitless the fun you can have with kids and and they'll lead you I think you know if you let them um, like I say yeah and you know on video conversations we um, we've we've do, we've done all kinds of stuff and and sometimes it is just as simple as reading each other's stories and stuff it's it's hard and I I wouldn't profess to you know have the answers for anyone because we're all different and um, and there are still there are still have been days obviously she's with me now and that makes the world a difference, but there's still been days where I've just felt absolutely desolate and like, you know, I'm not going to see her for three months now or something. And, um, that is just un an unbearable thought, you know, they're growing so fast and things, but yeah, I've, I've done a lot of work in the last two years, myself, just in telling myself to keep going and find ways to deal with it and, and to accept the situation for what it is right today. All you can do is deal with the moment right now. And I think most of us, regardless of whether we've uh, you know whether we're with our children or separated from them, whether we have a history of mental health problems or not or, or, or whatever, all we can do right now is live in the moment isn't it you know because we don't know we don't know what the government are going to say tomorrow we don't know how long it's going to take them to figure things out with this weird situation we're in um we don't know if we're going to come down with it tomorrow (laughs) all you can do is deal with today isn't it so just 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 do that and, and 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 try and not put too much pressure on what you know how many more weeks or days or months or whatever we've got to hope in this situation
1: are you still using any mental health services jamie and do you think after all this has happened they'll be quite greatly affected
0: um i mean i suppose no one's got a clue what's going to happen financially i was having via talk liverpool i was i self-referred before christmas because the last few years christmas time for i don't know if it's a mixture i think it is a mixture of the just winter darkness and misery and um and just now it's kind of anniversaries of events i'd rather forget kind of thing sort of december january february have been a really hard time so in november i proactively i I got in touch with talk liverpool and i said look i want some one-on-one counseling i need some need some extra support right now and um and rechased that and i and was lucky enough to get it and um the, the counsellor I saw was was brilliant. um we finished up actually just um uh, when and end of February, so not very long ago, um we kind of we just it just came to a natural sort of conclusion for that that time, but knowing that that service is there is is a helpful thing for me. um i'm still I'm still taking the Benla vaccine um, and and stuff um my my main thing is i i I know i need more physical exercise um but you know there's i'm using using the excuse that's slightly limited now but (laughs) but um no i mean yeah other other than that i'm just sort of um trying to keep keep a decent check on myself trying to trying to eat okay and and um and maintain a decent routine. I mean, I, I had fallen into a bit of a binge-watching um, Netflix until late and then waking up a bit late. And But trying to, at least in the hours from – my day was sort of running from roughly 10 in the morning to about 2 in the morning up until I went and got Enid. And I'm trying to get a bit – well, I am getting more into a kind of – more like 8 till uh, – eight till ten ish <laughs> routine now. Um but yeah, no taught, taught Liverpool have, have have been really helpful to me. And I I I think it's like like everything I mean, some people will want to complain and say this and that and the other. You've got to be ultimately you've got to be proactive and you've to do it yourself. And if that's chasing a referral or getting a book out of the library or going on the internet and reading or talking to phoning someone and talking to them, whatever way works for you ultimately you have to do it yourself um and if you can and and part of that is learning to accept help but also to seek it out and and take it when it's available um that that's it you've got a you've got to be proactive no one's going to do it for you and that isn't them being mean that's uh, everyone's busy with with their own stuff aren't they so um yeah you've got to look after yourself
1: what about enid's mental health then because i know she's much younger than perhaps, as you mentioned before, other children who are really stressed about the GCSEs and things like that. But I imagine for a lot of younger children, it must be quite a confusing time, especially when they can't see their friends. So how is, how is Enid coping with all that?
0: Very interesting, actually, Gemma. Um, there's just been a bit of a thing. She's going through a little bit of a phase just now, but um, I'd noticed little bits of it last time I saw her and i know it's been a bit of an issue for for her mum trying to cope with um but she started doing this thing of saying suddenly just saying she's rubbish at everything and oh you know i can't i'm rubbish at drawing i'm a naughty girl um this and the other and just getting really down on herself now obviously that rings alarm bells (laughs) for me um because that's my whole life story but um you know, I think kids do this, don't they? Um so I'm trying to find a way to talk to her about this that doesn't either upset her more or it's difficult because she's 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 being quite sensitive to things in terms of like um taking things as criticism. So here's an example, right? So yeah, so she's sick. So the surreal conversations you have. Her and her little friend have made a ninja club. Um, up on this little, lovely little Mm. idyllic island up in Scotland. Her and her friend next door have made a ninja club. Now, she's talking to me about ninjas. And uh, now I don't know loads about ninjas. I don't. But I was trying to think, you know, what do I know? And I was talking to her. My friend, when I was little, he did karate and stuff. And I remember him telling me bits about karate and trying to get me involved in karate and stuff. Anyway, I'm talking to her about, and obviously Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, I remember watching that on the telly. Anyway, so I said, well, ninjas, mm. I said something like, yeah, but, uh, ninjas, they're, they're all about self-defense, aren't they? They don't, they don't attack people. They, they're about protecting people. So real ninjas, it's a, like, and do you know where it, it had come up? Um, it was when we were doing the yoga, and there was this mindfulness thing on one of the videos about your, your inner ninja. So I was saying, well, that's you know ninjas. They are very uh-huh. calm on the inside because they have to be in control, and that's how they have their great strength. and They can jump very high, and they can do this and they can do that. But it's because they're very in control of their mind and their their soul, kind of thing. And Enid was just going, no, 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 no. Ninjas just like kicking people and stuff. <laughs> Coming out, with, uh, you don't know anything about ninjas, Daddy. You don't even know. Then it became, you know, you're trying to tell me, you're trying to tell me what to do, and you don't even know about ninjas. And it escalated. And I wasn't shouting or, or raving at all, but in her mind, you know, I was trying to tell her, I was trying to dance splain her, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> which we do, yeah. do, but I wasn't. I was just trying to have a conversation. I was I was asking her, I was saying, so you tell me, tell me what you know about this. Like, I'm not going to tell you anything, blah, blah, blah. I <laughs> got really upset and this you know went off in a real huff i need some time on my own total drama queen <laughs> um and these things happen you know you know um there's all the sort of cliche things people come out with you know the terrible twos or three-nagers or all these things and well i think it's different from child to child but they they, they all go through little phases and, and things and i think for a child of separated parents as well it can they can be getting mixed messages about certain things, you know, and, um, you know, I, I I try to, like I say, I really listen to her and I try and have com- real conversations with her because I think I owe her that. You know, that's how we certainly try to bring her up when we were together and, and I'm, I hope it's kind of still happening with her mum, but things will be coming from a slightly different angle there and her mum's partner lives lives with them and stuff. So, you know, he'll be having an input and things. I know they get on really Enid and he get on really well, which is really good. Um but you know yeah it's you just have to have to listen to them and talk to them and find find the ways that the sort of common ground and things when they're younger sometimes it's you you know you can you can sort of say things that maybe go into their head and and processes maybe not what you intended, but I don't know. My belief is you have to at least sort of try, try and talk to them, and, and um, rather than sort of avoid it and say, "Oh, it's just a, it's just a phase, it'll be all right," you know. Well, I don't know. I, I'm not sure about that, and I, you know, maybe it's something for me to uh, read up on or talk to an expert about. But my my gut instinct is always to just try and try and talk, and I, I don't literally grab hold of it and say, "You're not rubbish. You're not this. You're not that." I want to find out why she's saying that these things, you know, um, it's, it's really, really interesting. Um, it's a fascinating challenge being a parent. And I, I really miss it when, when she's not right here, it's a lot more difficult to do remotely, <laughs> you know, but, um, but when we are together, you know, we, uh, we just try and work on things, you know, and if we do have a falling out, try and have a, a good little chat afterwards and make sure, we end the day on a on a positive note, kind of thing, and that's it. I I, I owe it to my child. You know, I think if you bring a child into the world, you you owe you owe them all of that.
1: So finally, Jamie, what what advice would you give to someone who is obviously self isolating or is at home during lockdown to look after their mental well being? Doesn't have to be necessarily a parent, but what what's what's some of the general things that you would about?
0: I really I really just think you know, this can be a, a time where everyone can just slow down a bit, pick up pick up that book they've been meaning to finish or been meaning to read, um, do a bit of I don't know, write some stuff down. Um I've been been getting my mum to write down sort of her memories of she was struggling initially. And uh for ages I've been saying to her, Will you write write down Stuff you remember about my grandparents from, like when when she was growing up in um, down in Halewood and, um, you know, Farina, really, and stuff, and and memories of her childhood and places that we can go and see. So well, this is where Nanny used to play when she was a little girl, or whatever. And um, I don't know. I think there's lo- loads of ways, you know. Do a bit of cooking, do a bit of gardening, do just just let go of the the stuff that you know. You think, oh gosh, you know. I, I, I can't believe people when they say, oh, no, I miss, I miss the office, being around people. Like, gosh, like, <laughs> I haven't worked in an office for a long time, but my most dreaded thought would be the idea of, oh, I've got to go back to the office, you know. <laughs> um, that's, that's, yeah, yeah, pick up the phone and talk to someone you haven't spoken to for ages. There's, there's loads of ways. I think there's loads of ways to fill your time, but also I think it's important to not feel too guilty about doing nothing too just have a rest why not have a nap i don't know i'm not a great napper but uh why not just just put your feet up and we're all we're all in limbo here so embrace the limbo there we go there's the hashtag
1: and what's the what's the first thing you're going to do once lockdown is over
0: <laughs> like i say, the weird thing is my life hasn't changed a great deal it really hasn't uh and I, I don't know. I I because uh, I sort of I was thinking about this the other day, you know, short you know, the moment they, they they relax certain things or how are they gonna do this? You're gonna have to do this carefully because if they say, Right, all the pubs can open, everyone's gonna go mad and just leg it to all the pubs, aren't they? And it's gonna be chaos and there's gonna be queues outside <laughs> yeah, all the pubs.
1: All the barbers.
0: You know, <laughs> like how's it gonna you yeah. know, there's not gonna be any beer left after like an hour. Like how are they going to do it? So we've all got to try and be a bit calm about it. But loads, as we've seen with the supermarkets and with everything, people, won't. Um, now, like, I'm not saying I'll be. I, I would just do what I always do. With, really, so it hasn't really changed my life a great deal. I, I what, what do I, what do I miss? Uh, I think one of the, yeah, I go and have a really nice burger somewhere. I don't believe you can make a really nice burger at home
1: Mm.
0: no so it's not the same I think that yeah a burger there we go yeah (laughs)
1: that sounds good yeah
0: yes (laughs) and on that note but oh Enid's just Enid's just come in how are you doing Enid you watched your movie good girl I think
1: we've covered quite a lot there Jamie thank you so much for your time because we have been on the phone for an hour so I do really appreciate
0: it thank you really enjoyed